Welcome, everybody, to the Making Awesome Podcast. This is episode 167. We're going to be talking about my top 10 printers for the year. This list is a little bit odd. Um, We have to play the weird game between machines that I've used and machines that I haven't used. Because if we only look at machines that I've used, this list is very small. But if we look at machines that I haven't used, machines that have been out for a little bit of time and have had really, really strong community uh, support from company support and all of that, I think we can actually build a pretty decent list here. So I want to talk about machines because we're, excuse me, we're going to be doing uh, a couple of different lists here. There's going to be the consumer-ish list, and then there's going to be the business list because I think that there is specific delineations necessary for business uh, versus specific or business versus consumer because a business has different requirements and well if you have different requirements then your list changes we see a lot of similarities between the lists which is good uh that means that even for small businesses they can get printers that are technically on the consumer side and not end up having to pay the crazy high business premium, right? Because a lot of times we see that printers or really anything designed for business is considerably more expensive, like considerably more expensive than the consumer grade version when it offers little to no extra features. And the reason is profit. Um, It also is often to get the price above a point to where, um, basically to where they can offer a service contract. So those on the consumer side that don't know too much about the business side, on the business side of 3D printers, there are service contracts that basically guarantee maintenance or at least reasonably guarantee maintenance. On our ProJet 660 Pro, which is a full color sandstone printer, they run a little bit under 80 grand brand new and about $86,000 delivered. It has a $9,800 a year service contract, if I remember correctly, and that is parts and labor. If you uh, if you just want parts, it's $4,500 a year. So that machine, though, people are going to love this. That machine has... DDR RAM, not DDR3, DDR4, DDR RAM. It does have a solid state drive in the form of a compact flash card. It has a passively cooled CPU. This is a business class machine or, you know, a machine that a company has decided is business class and they haven't updated since, well, had any major updates other than changing the color of the exterior shell that I can see at least since uh, 2011. But it's considered a business class machine still. So it's something to keep in mind. So. The thing that I want to kind of go into is this list. 
we've got a few companies on there and this is from my vantage point if i have missed things and there are machines that you think should be on this list and aren't if you're watching live shoot it off to me live i'd love to know and if you're watching back later or you're listening audio only leave a comment if you can, I don't know if you can comment in audio only, but if you are here hanging out live, subscribe, leave a like, and all the things that you should do to the content creators that you like. Um, so, thank you for your help. You guys all have to tell me. I don't know if I should do it in the specific order that I have, or if we should um, just do it in no particular order. Because I, I did put it in an order that I think is kind of valuable but i also don't want to start with number one because that like deletes the purpose of this entire stream so i'd like to see what you guys think we can do it in no specific order if that's your kind of thing um aaron is talking about price points i'm not entirely certain i most of the machines for the consumer side are under a grand are all of them under nope not all of them are under a grand. So most of them are under $1,000. Um, and that was kind of my, my choke point there, right? We don't want to go too expensive. The average consumer is looking to spend like $200 to $500 on a printer. And we could look at uh, doing it via price point. But I just don't know if that works so well anymore because of how like... Let's look at the Creality K1, <clears throat> which isn't on the list. Uh, I should add that since it just reminded me that I should add the K1 to the list. You're going... Okay, well, that, that makes sense. Yeah, we'll put you there. Um, like, the Creality K1 was stupid discounted at Micro Center, and you were able to get a K1 for, like, 300 bucks. And, like, at 300 bucks, the K1 is going to be a very, very tough printer to beat. So I think a lot of this comes down to uh, really kind of what your budget looks like. So we'll talk about the price points as I go through it, but I did not sort these via price. We can look at doing it, though, if you guys want. I agree with Zach Smith, though. Hey, Zach, how you doing? Says, nah, come, everyone. Knows that the Stratasys J850 is the best printer to get others for Christmas. It's so affordable. I know that he's being sarcastic because the J850 runs like 400 grand. Although, honestly, if, if I'm looking at an industrial printer right now, and this is just like personal, if I'm looking at an industrial printer... It's MJF or SLS. I'm looking at powdered printers because the value that you can get out of powder, it's pretty amazing. Uh, recently, had some parts made up on a HP MJF. These are uh, new fan ducts for the XL that I want to try out that give better cooling, but these really suck to print FDM. They're really thin and a pain in the ass. They are amazingly easy to print in MJF. So I have a bag of them. I think the XL has fine cooling, but similar to the Mark III or MK3, as uh, people like to make fun of me for, um, I want to see other options before we just say this is the best, right? 
I think it's important for us to try out aftermarket options as well to see, did the community think of something that the manufacturer didn't? Because that happens often. So, all right, we'll start from the least best and move into the best. Jesse Chapman says, that metal machine that squirts metal paste looks cool. You actually should be able to do that with most of your basic 3D printers. You can get metal-laden filament and then just burn it out for reference. Um... So, and Zach says he can get about 0.4 walls, 0.4 millimeter walls on the center with usable strength. Dude, I am so happy you got that machine running. Uh, that is so awesome. Have fun printing all these stupid, crazy SLS stuff. Definitely do the balls inside of balls. Things that are just not possible with any other tech other than a powder printer. I can send you some models that are just not possible with anything other than a powder 3D printer if you want, because they really are really cool test models to show off. Um, but yeah, let's start with kind of the, the least best printer on my on my consumer list and the reason I put it there. Uh, it's the X1 Carbon from Bamboo. So the least best is the X1 Carbon, and the main reason is its price. Most people have had a great experience with those machines I haven't up until this most recent one. This most recent one that we got from the fan, it's a Kickstarter machine for those that are wondering its kind of relative age. It's been running decently well. Uh, I don't have too many specific complaints about it at the moment, but I also don't have a bunch of seat time in it. Uh, it's just been making random, like, uh, where did I put the good ones? Ah, yeah, uh, Hue Forge stuff. Uh, so that's what I've been messing around with it, uh, doing some Hue Forge. Um, yeah, anyways, but yeah, the X1 Carbon, I, I think its price point is too high. So if you're a consumer that is potentially looking to print faster with better user interface than something like the P1S, the X1 Carbon has that better user interface. But I don't know with the P1S being what it is, that it currently makes a lot of sense to buy an X1 Carbon anymore, right? Yeah, okay, the P1S I don't think comes with a hardened nozzle, but like, those are what, 35 bucks? So, yeah. I can't say that the X1 Carbon is a bad printer. I don't have great experience with it, but a lot of other people have. But I don't think the value is there. I don't think the value is there. And when we look at consumers, we care a lot about value. Sorry, I'm waiting for the internet to catch up because uh, we just all of a sudden dropped a bunch of frames. Next on the least best. So we're moving from least best to best, right? Again, this is a... Very subjective list. Uh, and, uh, you know, take my list with a grain of salt. Your list might be different. Uh, and Amber is saying something. Vishal from Sliceworks. You can actually see the parts back there. There's the the blue-purple and the banana. They should be renamed to Mike Wazowski and whatever Sully's last name is. Because, honestly, they look just like the Monsters Inc. colors. And... I love them so much. I'm actually doing uh, some really pretty pieces with those. And yes, Vishal, I will send you 
the uh, the pictures and all that. Uh, anyways, the the next printer going up on the list for me is the Prusa Mini. The Prusa Mini is still a decent starter printer. It comes with the Prusa tax, and that might not be something that the average consumer would look at buying. And we'll talk about why in a bit. But I believe the Prusa Mini is a really, really nice printer. And part of that is because I want you to get the semi-assembled. I want you to build it. And it's been interesting. We've had some criticism lately that I am more of a tinkerer than I am a professional. And there's certainly both sides of that field. I love to tinker. Because I believe that if we can extract even a few extra percentage points out of our machines, then we can look at turning those percentage points into dollars on the bottom line. And as a business owner, I want to turn machine time into money. And if I can spend a couple of hours tuning a machine to run 5% faster, that will pay dividends in the lifetime of the machine right so we have to look at that now before the input shaping upgrade to the mini i would not have put it on this list <clears throat> because its value isn't there in the market of machines that are coming out at its price point or below its price point already with input shaping some of them with multi-material systems out of the box and so the mini was specifically a harder recommend earlier on this year but since it got the input shaping upgrade i think the mini deserves a place it's not very high in the list but i think the mini deserves a place because you might say that open source matters to you you don't want to spend all the money to get a mark for but you want to enjoy open source you want to enjoy the kit building aspect of it so you decide to get the mini instead of the mark four and when we look at machines that are open source on this list there's not a lot of them there's very very few of them in fact so that is something that we have to talk about as well and if you guys want put your guesses in there i see that rex says that his guess for the best 2023 unit is going to be the x max plus or the chidi x max 3 I do like my X plus three. I, I do quite like it. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about where, where it kind of lands. Um, next up is going to be the A1 Mini. So the A1 Mini from Bamboo, to me, was a direct stab at Prusa. A direct stab. And that's okay, right? Welcome to business. Uh, you can absolutely take shots at each other. This is this is the way that business goes. Uh we deal with it, right? The A1 Mini presents a solid, solid value proposition for those that don't want to bother dealing with the Prusa tax, and they want something that can do multicolor and multi-material, theoretically. Um, and they're not all that concerned about the waste produced over it. Now, you might say, Grant, where's the A1? The A1 is not in this list. And the reason the A1 is not in this list is that it has not been out long enough to get a place in this list. 
if the A1 had been out for two months, three months, four months, fine. I can put it in this list. But it has been out for, like, two weeks. And for two weeks, you don't get a place on the best 3D printers of 2023. I'm sorry, you don't. And anybody that gives a printer the top mark for the year that's only been out for a week, it's a little sus to me. Personally, the A1 Mini looks like a very good value machine. And for about a hundred-ish bucks more, you can go up to the A1. It's a very obvious price ladder. I think a lot of people are going to make that price jump. But it hasn't been out long enough. And there are some things about the A1, like its bed heater, that I'm a little bit kind of how you doing, you know? I I I'm a little nervous about the fact that it looks like it uses something like a uh, like an oven heater, right? It uses like a, a coil that you would put into an oven to heat its bed. And I, I, I don't know. And because it is an AC coupled bed, in a lot of areas, states, counties, countries, it is not legal to operate on something that has mains voltage like that. You need a licensed electrician. And while the people don't generally follow those rules, it is something that we need to keep in mind. I don't believe the A1 Mini uses an AC mains bed. The X, uh, the X1, uh, I know the X1 does. I don't know if the P1 does, but I know the X1 does. And of course, I worry about the safety aspect of it. Vorons use AC coupled beds, but they have a thermal fuse. I'm not aware if Bamboo does or doesn't. That is part of the deal of why I prefer open source because I get to see the safety features that are inside of the machine. So, Bamboo, if you're watching, and I feel like you're probably watching, it would be nice to see more on the safety features because if we are going to start playing around with more AC-coupled beds and, you know, machines that run more on AC and less on, like, converted to DC... It would be nice to see those safety features because that will make the the consumer that is looking to buy these a little bit more comfortable. So, Marlin Firmware is here. Hey, I'm assuming it's Scotty. How you doing, dude? Uh, many good deals in 3D printing today. Of course, the best things in life are free. Marlin Firmware, dude, that is, that's great, especially coming from you. I can dig it. I can really dig it. Uh, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Um, so, let's move up. This one was something that I'm a little hesitant to put in my list, but I think it's an important thing for us to talk about, and it's the resin printers, right? It could be the Elegoo Mars and Saturn. There are other resin printers out there. My shop has been effectively converted to pure Elegoo. Why? Honestly, I had such a good experience with the Mars. I've just moved up their lists. And I think the Mars and the Saturn, whatever the most recent one is for them, make really good printers for the consumer-ish market. The nice thing about these resin printers is they're just kind of limited on their build volume. So if you want a smaller one, get the Mars. You want a medium-sized one, get the Saturn. And I don't have the Jupiter on this list because I don't think it's a good printer for the consumer if you're getting a jupiter it's because you're likely looking at something on the business side and i have two jupiters now i bought them both my god are they amazing i love those machines but they are huge 
Like they weigh something like 30 kilos. They're way too big for the average consumer. And they take 1.8 liters of resin, which for a consumer grade resin printer is a lot. And so those are things that we want to keep an eye out for. But I think the Mars and the Saturn are a really good value of a machine. Resin is toxic. We know that. And while specifically Mayor Makes will argue with me that resin isn't technically toxic, it is best for us to treat it like it is because it means that we put together good PPE protocol. We don't treat it like we can stick our hands in it and it's not going to hurt us because over time it will. And... I want to make sure that we keep in, keep all of that in mind. It's good for us to remember that these materials can and will harm you if you have extended exposure to it. So with that being said, the Mars and the Saturn at the price point, I think they're a good value. Uh, what are they, like 200 and 500 respectively? They're a great value for resin printers. Yes, there are others out there. I haven't tried them. I can give you personal recommendations for the for the Mars, the Saturn, and on the business class, I do have the Jupiter in the list. Um, I can give recommendations for those. I really like them. And I think that Elegoo, for being a company that pushes a very, very affordable product, has pretty good customer support given the price point of their machines, right? You look at other competitors in this price class of resin or FDM, they hit very good customer support. It's not Prusa level customer support. Nobody hits that. That that is Prusa and Prusa alone. But they have very good customer support. I had two broken things on my Jupiters. One of them came with broken knobs for the vat. One of them came with a broken foot. And Elegoo has been awesome. They already have parts ship, shipping out to me. Neither of those are like game-breaking failures for the machines. I was able to kind of cobble the foot back together. And the broken knobs, I can just use a pair of pliers to unscrew it. Should I need to remove the vat? Neither of them are game-breaking. Uh, but yeah, the Jupiter the Jupiter is a pretty nice machine. It's a pretty nice machine. But Mars and Saturn for the consumer, I think that puts it at a great place. Uh, kind of middle of the pack. Because I don't think resin is a amazing first printer actually i would never recommend resin as a first printer but if you are into the hobby of like war gaming and you know that kind of thing tabletop gaming fdm is not really where you want to be you want to be in resin moving up the list from the mars and saturn we move into the ender 3 v3 there's the se and the ke now those have been out for a little bit of time. I don't have any yet, but I want them. I believe that those printers are going to upset the cheap market. I am still upset with Creality for their naming. I think the Creality's naming of the Ender 3 series is deliberately bad. There's something like 20 variants of the Ender 3 V2. Now I move into the Ender 3 V3, and there's already two variants, the SE and the KE. I don't even know what the differences are. I didn't look, but it's not obvious to me what those differences are. Is it like special edition and Kickstarter edition? Like, what does SE and KE stand for? Does it stand for something that matters or what, right? The naming scheme to me is misleading, and I'm worried that especially in the holiday season, if they are going for giving gifts, that 
they they might say, oh, I want an Ender 3. And the person that buys the gift might get, like, the Ender 3 V1, rather than the Ender 3 V3 SE or KE. So... I would like to see better naming schemes out of Creality, and I don't know if that's, maybe it's a language thing, maybe it's a business practice thing, maybe it's just freaking deliberate. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, and I'm not entirely certain. But, yeah, I, I think they've earned a decent spot kind of middle of the pack in this list. They're good printers from the people that I know that have them. They run pretty hard. Uh, and for the money, you can get them for like sub 200 bucks or right around the $200 price point. That's a tough, tough deal to look past. They don't end up number one in my list, but I think there's some value to the enders right now. And, and, and I was previously very much ignore all enders, right? I, I was part of the crowd that's like, we don't need more ender bed slinger printers, but the new V3s, you've got my attention, Creality. Zach Smith says, I find it annoying that Creality re releases brand new versions of the Ender 3, 5, etc. with minor changes rather than offering upgrade kits and then still sell the older ones. Yeah, that's what I get at with the slightly either deliberately or unintentionally misleading. Um, okay, and I guess the KE has Clipper. But the SE doesn't have... Why would they be releasing a printer without Clipper in, in this? Why would anybody be releasing a printer without input shaping in today's day and age? I should remove the SE from this. Now, I guess if the SE is that much more affordable, Raspberry Pis are now easy to get again. You could just put a Pi on it. You could get a Clipper screen if you wanted. But, like, uh, I don't think that newbies should have to upgrade their printers to keep them you know running with the pack right why Ugh, damn it creality you know i was trying to i i thought that including it would be cool because they are decent printers but like creality do you seriously have machines that have one letter variance between them but have massive performance differences please don't tell me that's true Anyways, we're going to move away from the Ender 3v3, continuing the Creality, uh, Creality Crowd, not Cloud, we don't like Creality Cloud around here, and move into the K1. The K1 and the K1 Max, and to me, if you have the budget for the K1 Max, there is no reason not to get the larger printer, but... These are their, it's Creality's answer to Bamboo. Let's not beat around the bush of what it is. It's Creality's answer to Bamboo. And I, I never thought I'd see myself saying this, but I'm tipping my hat to Creality because that machine can not only be fully air-gapped, but can be updated offline. And it's weird that that is a benefit today where traditionally it's like, Oh, you can keep it offline. That's supposed to be something you can do with your printers. So it's just kind of funny to me that that is a selling point of the K1 for me and why it's higher in the list than the X1 Carbon. Now, the K1 specifically is smaller than the X1 or the P1 series. So be careful about that. 
That's why I believe the K1 Max is the better value of the two, but it starts to get closer to the P1S price, and I don't know if I would choose, as a consumer, a Creality K1 Max over a P1S that has an AMS unit, well, for an extra price, but has the ability to add multicolor, right? And that's why the K1 isn't higher up in the list because it, Creality doesn't have an answer to the AMS yet. I'm sure they will at some point, but they currently don't. Creality did just start teasing it. I don't know if Creality teased it, but Sam Prentice definitely did. The K1C and what will theoretically be the K1 Max C or K1C Max. Once again, Creality, your naming scheme is bad and you should feel bad. And it was confirmed to me that the SE does not have their Clipper version and the KE does. Do not buy the SE. Spend the money on the KE. Honestly, there there is no point to me to be buying a printer in this day and age without input shaping. There, there just isn't. I don't see a purpose to buy machines without input shaping right now. Unless they're used, which I did not put used printers on this list. I don't think used printers are something that uh, we are particularly wanting to talk about too much because there is so much variability in the used printer market for what you can get for the price that you can get, right? So. God, I keep dipping. I don't know why my frame rate keeps dipping. It's like my computer is angry. But it's not. My computer's not angry at all, and yet my frame rate keeps dipping. Interesting. Marlin Firmware says they're holding out for the Ender 3 ME. Well, if it's anything like the Windows version of ME, it's going to be bad. Uh, and Marlin says, Chameleon 3D multicolor feeder is good value for multicolor printer enthusiasts. It is, but its documentation is lacking in a way that is just outright not acceptable. And it's why I haven't taken a look at it yet. It's a good idea in theory. But it's, it is really lacking in its documentation. And I think that that is a very, very important factor that is kind of seldom overlooked. Documentation. Oh, my. Jeez, I just dropped a bunch of frames. What the heck? Are we, are we good now? All right. Documentation is one of those things that is a real big deal to me. And I don't personally think that Chameleon 3D is there yet. Will they get there? Probably, but they're not there yet. If you want to get the Chameleon 3D for your printer, just understand you're going to be doing a lot of the work yourself. And if you're okay with that and you'd like to tinker, then yeah, it presents a pretty decent value, I think, for consumers. Right above the Creality K1 Max and K1 is the Mark IV. The Prusa Mark IV is an expensive printer, and you pay for the Prusa tax. I want to be clear here. It is not a cheap printer. It is one of the most expensive printers on this list. But as I said with the Mini, you don't want the fully assembled printer. You want the kit. And I know you might be thinking, but Grant, it's only a couple hundred dollars more. I value my time a lot. It's not going to be worth it to me to build the kit. And if you're business focused, 
what, this is the consumer list, right? It's the consumer list. But as a consumer, I think building that printer, going through the Prusa experience, right? That experience of enjoying the build, having a really nice manual, learning how everything goes together, loving open source and getting to know open source, right? And why it's valuable is an important factor to me. Even further, Prusa has the best support in the industry, bar none, period. 24 by 7, I think 360 or so days a year, live chat, real human-based customer support. That is really important when you are brand new and you have problems. One of the toughest things for newbies, and we're going to talk about it in some upcoming videos, is that... When you have printer problems and you don't know the lingo, you have no idea what to search for. Because you don't know what to search for, you never find the answer and you just fumble around until it just kind of fixes itself, right? I believe that even though the Prusa isn't cheap, it has a lot of value, okay? I have nine Mark four, not, sorry, nine Mark threes, four minis, no Mark IVs yet, and I'm trying to see if we can work with Prusa to do with the four printers behind me, one stock Mark III, one 3.5, one 3.9, and one to the full Mark IV, and do the same print across all of them for a video and show the differences that you get with, uh, with all that. I think it would be a really cool video. If you guys think it would be too, like, subscribe. Let me know in the comments, in the live chat, and all of that. But yeah, I think I, I've had such a great experience with my Mark III's. I love them. I built every single one of them. They are amazing machines. They run like Swiss watches. And while they're not the fastest, they're not the prettiest, they're certainly not the most well-engineered printers on the market, they're also six years old. And for a six-year-old printer... They're running great. They need very little maintenance. Only one of them has like reasonably off the market upgrades. Uh, the signed one that's right here has the diamond nozzle. All the other ones outside of just some quality of life things to better tension the belts. They're bone stock and they just work. And that is a really, really important thing. And sure, they're not cheap. The Mark IV is not cheap. It is one of the more expensive printers on this list. It did make the top five, but it's number five in the top five. There are four printers that I put above the Prusa Mark IV. And a lot of it does have to do with price because as a consumer, I think consumers are going to look more at price than they will features because they're on a set budget. And the Mark IV at like the eight to nine hundred dollar price point is really, really expensive. Do I think there's no value though? No. I think there's plenty of value, but I think it's a hard value proposition when there are a lot of good printers sub $500. Hell, when there's a lot of good printers, sub $400. It is tough for me to say, double your money and go to a Mark IV. 
over something like a Neptune 3. Or sorry, Neptune 4. Jeez, Grant. The Elegoo Neptune 4 Pro and Plus. I don't want... <sighs> Give me a second. It's It keeps yelling at me. Give me just a second. There. I'll turn my encoding down just a little bit. Um, The Neptune 4 Pro and Plus. The reason the Max isn't on there is there are some issues with the Max. Um, Frankly Built has talked about it. I've seen him mention it a few times. His Max has some problems. Um, and he's not the only one that I've seen with issues with the Neptune 4 Max. I like the Neptune 4 series. It's clipper input shaping and all of that. Um, however, there's some oddities. The Neptune 4 Pro is kind of cool because it has a multi-segment bed. It can heat the center or it can heat the whole thing. But they drop that when they go to the Plus, which is weird. Um, Elegoo did reach out to us to review the Neptune 4 Pro or Plus, and... Because I waffle back and forth between do I want the segmented bed or do I want the bigger build volume, I never really actually answer them which one that we want. I really, I'd like to see both, but I don't, I don't know, man. At some point, they're just, be, they're just Ender-ish bed slingers, right? Now, being that they're clipper-based, that has a lot of value, and at their price point, they're very, very affordable. Now... They're not the highest on my list because they still do have some faults. Elegoo is a resin company in my mind, right? They make resin printers. They do and are starting to make more filament printers. However, the quality seems to be very hit or miss. Now, Elegoo seems to do a good job of taking care of it. The last thing that I really want is someone to get a machine and it be just a pile of doo-doo, if you will. I want them to have a good experience and I have some reasonable faith that the plus or the pro would be fine, but the max looks like it could be problematic and at its massive build volume takes up a ton of space. I think part of the problem that we see here is that these printers can be very space heavy, especially the bed slingers, right? Cause they need a lot of forward and, and back space for that bed to do its traversals. We have a Comgrow T500. We're going to be showing it off on the channel, doing an unboxing and looking at it. That thing is 500 XYZ. It's huge. And it's a bed slinger. That thing takes up so much room, I can't keep it in my shop. It's going to one of our staff locally because he will get great use out of it. And I don't need to find space for it. It's awesome. But I, I believe that Clipper has a lot of value. And having that input shaping is really, really important. But hilariously, a printer higher up on my list doesn't come with it. But I still put it higher up on my list, and we're going to talk about why. Next up, and this is now we're in our top three. We're in our top three here. This is an important thing, right? We're in our top three. Uh, also, wait a minute. I got some interesting stuff here. Marin Firmer saying, we'll do our part to integrate Chameleon 3D on par with our MMU support. Great. I'd love to see that. Marlin Firmer is also saying that we have high hopes that Creality and others will update their Marlin printers with our version of input shaping. It really helps with speed and quality. Yeah. Yeah. 
And as Marlon says, we sure don't want people to get the impression that Clipper is required for high acceleration input shaping. Your common single board printer can do these things. No, the tethered Raspberry Pi needed. They can, but it then also requires companies to actually update their printers. And that's something that we might want to talk about. If you're buying a printer that's like sub 500 bucks, that's not a bamboo, pretty much never expect it to get firmware updates, right? Whatever it comes with is going to be what you get, and you'll be stuck with community to make those upgrades. And a lot of printers have chosen Clipper over Marlin. I think a lot of it was Clipper had input shaping before, and now there's just all these repositories that companies can just grab, make little adjustments to bastardize their own version, and send it. I have not yet tried Marlin's implementation of input shaping. At least, I don't think I have. I mean, well, maybe I have. I, I guess I... Is that Mini running a Marlin input shaper? I guess it should be. Because they could have just built it all in-house. It's open source, but... Yeah. I mean... I need to try more with Marlin. And... I want to be clear that I'm not trying to poo-poo Marlin. I don't want Scotty or anybody at Marlin for what I think I'm... I'm poo-pooing them by saying Clipper a lot. I'm not. But it's the reality that we live in that a lot of these cheaper printers have chosen Clipper. So, um, yeah. It's, uh... Don't really know what to say about that one. Don't really know what to say about that one. Uh, Marlon Firma says, How can we get companies to provide Marlin updates? All tips appreciated. You know, I don't know. I think it requires them to care about their hardware once it's in the hands of the consumer. And that's something that I can kind of give a decent nod to Bamboo and Purusha about. They're one of the few, both of them are, are, one, are, are a couple of the few companies out there that seem to give a damn about the firmware once it ships, right? And they don't just leave it in the hands of the community. Because they kind of could, right? Both of those communities have people that actively work on firmware, whether they're company sanctioned or not is another thing to be talked about. But there are there are two sides to it. And like we have a Chidi X plus three. It's it's uh it's technically right up there. Um and it runs it runs Chidi's version of Clipper that I don't like. Um and one of the dumb things I don't like about it is it sorts all your files by alphabetical order. It doesn't sort them by what was the most recent one that you put on your drive. And like that's stupid, but because it's Clipper, I can flash a brand new version of Clipper onto it that's custom built from the community, and it is really, really nice. As far as Marlin goes, Marlin is just harder to update. And love it or hate it, it is. You have to recompile it inside of Arduino, then you have to reflash it. At least that's the way it was when I was playing with Marlin. Uh, back when we still used a lot of printers that we built personally. Now we just use a lot of off-the-shelf printers because we don't need to build custom printers anymore because the off-the-shelf ones work really well. But ultimately, I think that Marlin, to get companies to give a damn more, probably has to build an open communications channel with them and try to work with them, right? Like, I feel like these companies don't really have a lot of firmware people that operate right? They, they just don't. They have like one or two people that might, you know, slap their logo onto a Clipper variant and ship it. 
versus companies like Bamboo and companies like Prusa that have dedicated staff members, theoretically. I know Prusa does. I assume Bamboo does. Um, you know, people... And, and you, know, I, I, you know what? Duff says it the right. I'm, I'm, I'm going on to a tangent, and I think Duff says it the best. You need users to demand it. Users need to demand that this is what occurs. And if users demand this is what occurs, then it will happen. That's the best way to put it, Duff. I couldn't have said it better myself. Top three printers now. Top three printers now. Cheaty X series. The Cheaty X Smart 3 Plus 3 Max 3. If you have the budget, get the Max. If you don't have the budget, get the Plus. I don't really know if the Smart is worth it. I have a Plus. I really like it. I think the Plus is amazing. It is a great printer. At 280XYZ, my God, it's a nice printer. Now, we did get it for free. Cheaty sent it in exchange for content, reviews, and that kind of thing. So, grain of salt that, obviously. But, I think it is a really, really nice printer. It is got input shaping. It's easy to use. It's got some design features that I don't understand. Um, oh, it's also got a heated chamber, which is super nice. And it's 700 bucks To have a heated build chamber is really convenient. It has a separate controlled heater for the build chamber. That is really nice. But the filament loading on the back is atrocious. It is bad. The filament spool holder on the back is good, but the loading of it is bad. And for most of us that put printers on shelves, we can't access the back of the machine. So that's a stupid thing, Cheaty. You shouldn't have done that. So what I did instead is I completely pulled that entire unit off. I added a longer piece of Bowden tube to the, uh, the sensor, which... By the way, the runout sensor for the Cheaty is not enabled by default. That's cool. Uh, ask me how I learned that one. And uh, where was I going? Oh, uh, and I just ran a longer piece of Bowden tube out to the front where I keep my spools. In fact, you can see the spools I am printing with the Sliceworks orange-yellow right there. Um, and so I actually use Prusa spool holders because I actually really like the design of the Prusa spool holders with custom mounts for them to click to the shelves that I use. Uh, and the USB port is on the top of the machine, but on the back of the machine. So I just added a USB extension. Now, those are very easy things to solve, but I don't think that we should be dealing with that at the $700 price point or $600. I have no idea what the X plus three is right now. Um, the X Max 3 we looked yesterday was like eight or nine hundred bucks. That machine is huge. It's like 325 by 325 by 315 or something like that. It's a big, 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 big printer for the money. And it is on my list. The Max is on my list for the business because while it is Clipper and it can connect to the internet, it doesn't need to. It can be fully air-gapped without a single problem and using Orca Slicer in stealth mode makes this thing reasonably safe, and that makes me happy from a business perspective. From a consumer perspective, nobody seems to give a damn about network security, so go ahead and connect to the internet, do whatever you want. I don't care. But I think the Cheaty printer really presents a good value. It does have its uh, motherboard cooling fan 
is very loud and we're going to be doing a video where we upgrade it likely to a knock to a hamburger fan because i think it is way too loud it's just it spins too fast if we could just cut the rpm in half it would probably provide more than enough cooling at a volume that wouldn't make me want to stab a screwdriver through the fan <laughs> but yeah chidi x series a plus Next up is uh, what we have coined here at the shop, the Poverty Prusa, the Sovel SV06. You might say, Grant, why not the SV07? Well, because for some reason, Sovel in all of their, you know, vast uh, thought processes decided that going to V-Wheels was the right move after having a printer launch with nothing but ball bearings. And... I don't like V-Wheels. I think V-Wheels are a pain in the ass to service. I think they're a pain in the ass to get the tension right. And I think if you don't get the tension right, they wear very, very, very fast. So that's why the SV07 is not on my list. I think the SV06 plus a pie or plus a screen to make it clipper is absolutely one of the best value printers on the market, period. I really like the SV06. The, the SC06 Plus is a bigger Mark III. It's what it is. They have basically damn near copied the Mark III bit by bit by bit. They've got everything that I would want in a printer at a very, very affordable price, right? Magnetic flex plate, all metal hotted, planetary direct drive gearbox. Now, the SV06 normal does not have a runout sensor, which is stupid, you should be able to add it, but it does require reflashing the firmware. I believe it is Marlin-based, which is a bit of a problem. The SV06 Plus does have a firmware, uh, a filament sensor, and I love the SV06 Plus. It is 300 by 300 by something else. I don't know, but it, it's a really, really nice size. Um, it's a really, really nice size printer. Um, it does have their not Kano, which I don't like. I, we're going to be doing an upgrade series on both. It's, it's 300 by 300 by 340. We're going to be doing an upgrade series on both the SV06 and the SV06 plus where we put some diamond goodness on them, but we also upgrade them away from these weird, like awkwardly somewhat proprietary nozzles and move them into open source, um, with the v6 volcanoes or regular v6 styled nozzles i think that's more important and uh you know new fan ducts and that kind of thing but i think for the value the sv06 firmly puts itself at number two in my list for my favorite 3d printers in 2023 i know it doesn't have input shaping it very easily could and a lot of people are putting clipper on them uh and they run great. You can put input shaping on these, get an ADXL, you get a pie, and now you have input shaping, and it's done. It's easy. I like it. And for the money, you can get the SV06 Plus on sale for around 300 bucks. That is a very, very easy, easy printer for me to recommend. And it is my top recommendation under $500. It is. And I understand that it's a little bit old. I think it actually even came out in 2022. But it is really, really nice. 
like really nice. My top consumer printer is one that I don't think a lot of people saw coming, but given the list that I've said, it might be kind of obvious. It is the Bamboo P1S. I don't... I'm not going to get into that. I believe that the consumer doesn't care about network security like the business does. I believe the consumer doesn't care if their printers are connected to the internet like a business does. I believe that a consumer will like a P1S. A business will not. A P1S is one of the best value 3D printers on the market, period. At 700 bucks, I think is what they're going for right now. It's enclosed. It's an X1 carbon that went on a diet and it's half the price, right? Or a little bit, little bit more than half the price of an X1 carbon. It is the prime one that I think Bamboo wants people to get, the P1S. Um, it is very, very important to note that if you do work in a secure facility or you have a job that requires you to be very secure about your data, you might want to look the other way on this one. But I don't think that a lot of consumers have that problem. And for that, the P1S ticks a lot of boxes. For a little bit extra money, you get a P1S with an AMS, which is a four-color multi-material unit. It is one of the more affordable multi-material units out there, multi-color units out there. Even Prusa's MMU3 is more expensive. I, uh, I haven't tried the MMU3. I'm told it's really good. I don't know how it stacks up against the AMS, and I think it might be cool to compare the two at some point. But the AMS, as I'm looking over at mine, and it appears to be angry, um, the AMS is a decent value. And if you are looking to do multicolor prints, a P1S with an AMS is going to be very, very difficult to beat price-wise, right? There are some other machines coming out. I know Two Trees has one. Uh, Frozen just teased their multicolor unit, which is, these companies, they're just copying Bamboo at this point. Um, and I think that it bears witness that we need to have the OG of this style of off-the-shelf, not clipper, weird firmware, X uh, Core XY printers as number one. I know a lot of people didn't expect it to be number one, but I believe the P1S has promptly earned its place. Me personally, since I, I, I do the business side and I like good user interfaces, I, 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 I do like the X1 Carbon better just because the user interface is nicer. But if you're on a budget, yeah, the P1S is going to be a very, very hard printer to beat. Um, just, you know, grain of salt network security. And that's all I'm going to say about that. So... I'm going to go through the list in my order. X1 Carbon is at the bottom. We go to Prusa Mini, then the A1 Mini, then Elegu Mars or the Saturn. We have the Creality Ender 3 V3KE. I'm kicking the SE off that list. We then go to the Creality K1 and K1 Max, the Prusa Mark IV, the Neptune 4 Pro or Plus, the Chidi X Series, Sovel SV06 and SV06 Plus, and we top it out with the P1S. 
Now, the reason we went down this path is I said, what do consumers want? They want printers that are reasonably affordable, that are going to work enough, that are going to be reliable and have decent enough customer support. I believe that those printers, for the most part, fit every one of those bills, some more than others, right? Perusha has the best customer support on the market. And if you are someone who is very apprehensive about the industry, I think it's worthwhile to spend the extra money to get the Prusa. But if you're on a budget, like a lot of consumers are, you might decide that something like a Sovol or a Chidi might make more sense. I have a hard time recommending expensive bed slingers because I just don't know if I would choose a bed slinger over core XY. I know that Prusa got into the top five and you might say, oh, he's a Prusa shill. I'm, I'm not. God, I wish they paid me. Uh, after talking with all of their, we talked with so many staff members and we were in Prague and the amount of people that without prompt talked about how much they really liked the company and gave very personal stories about why they really liked the company was amazing for me to hear. Now, I've never visited other 3D printer manufacturers, and my hope is that in 2024, we can visit more manufacturers because I want to be able to tour their facilities and show you guys. And if it wasn't obvious, we did film with Perusha. Videos coming in a bit. It, it, it's going to take a bit for us to get through them, but videos coming soon, TM. I really believe that Perusha's are worth the value but I don't think the average consumer will. I think once you get one and you realize how easy they can be and how nice the support is, they're good. But once you've learned a lot of what you need to learn on that first Prusa, you might say, well, I'm looking to spend less money now. I want a machine that provides more value because I don't need the customer support side anymore. And Prusa does more than customer support. Remember, all the slicers that you likely use, Prusa Slicer, Bamboo Studio, and Orca Slicer are all based off of Prusa Slicer, which is based off of Slick3R, which is open source. And everything is in that is open source. Prusa doesn't charge for it. It's a loss for them. It's all a loss. There's printables, which Prusa puts out at a loss. I know Bamboo has their own clone of it that Bamboo does the same thing for. So... That's not specific to Prusa anymore, but these are things that companies are doing to give you a more well-rounded overall experience, and that's pretty awesome, right? Uh, C Builds here says, Happy Holidays at 3D Musketeers and everyone. You too, sir. Uh, by the way, if you guys are looking for a cool stream that you did already miss, go check out Steve Builds. He is linked in the description down below. Steve and I... If you haven't noticed, I've changed my time. Steve stayed at his current time. Steve and I were streaming at the same time, and it didn't make sense for us to try to compete because our markets are very similar, and we don't want to split our audiences. So Steve has way more viewers than I normally do, so I went ahead and changed my time. So I don't know how to do this yet, but we should be able to like raid into streams. But we're going to minimally link to Steve's streams Whatever latest stream that he has going on on the Sundays, we're going to link to him in the description. So when you guys are done hanging out with me, you can go hang out with Steve. Steve's going to link my stream so that if you're looking for streams on Steve's channel and he's not live yet, you can come hang out with me. Steve is an awesome guy. You all should go check him out if you haven't. He only has like 10,000 subscribers and that is criminal. 
because Steve is a really awesome, awesome content creator who I look up to. I really look up to Steve because he's such, honestly, there are very few people in this world that are nicer than Steve builds, especially when you meet him in person. He is such a nice guy. Anyways, enough of the fanboying over someone that I've met plenty of times. But yeah, Steve builds is an awesome guy. A plus Steve. And my validation for the P1S at the top mark is Bamboo has put a lot of money into marketing. And I think Bamboo is one of the first companies to figure out how to market to consumers. I had a talk with a pretty a reasonably high ranking official, or at least my understanding was they're reasonably high ranking at Bamboo. And our talk kind of got into the business versus consumer. And he said, Grant, I want to make this really easy. You are not Bamboo's target audience. You're just not Bamboo's target audience. We don't want to be in the business market. And while they they do, they've got the X1E for enterprise, I don't really see the value in going to the X1E over the X1C. It's not that much better, and it's $1,000 more. And I, and I told him, I said, look, when you build a machine that got such massive cult following that I'm now getting people emailing me hate, that's fun, um, that you're going to get business. He's like, oh, I know. I can look at our sales numbers and tell you that a lot of these printers are going to businesses. I said, well, maybe you should look at doing more in business because, yeah, um, these printers, a lot of people are going from hobby to at least a part-time job selling stuff. And Bamboo is going to be high on that list because they did really figure out the marketing that a lot of other businesses didn't. They figured out, or they at least thought of it before I saw many other companies do it, to give printers to people that normally don't use 3D printers. Give them to the woodworkers. Give Adam Savage a printer. My God, he did a day one video on the A1. I don't want to know what he was paid to do it. Because I, 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 I can't imagine that Adam did that for free. Maybe he did. I don't know. That's speculation at best. But certainly with that big of a channel, I wouldn't do it for free. Jeez. Um, it wasn't a review. It was a, it was a look. So if it's a review, you can't take money for it because that's... Anyways, I care not to get into like the legal side of it. Talk to a lawyer. But Bamboo has really figured out the marketing that I think a lot of other companies just haven't. And that explains why they've got nationwide distribution inside of Micro Center, worldwide distribution amongst other companies, and they got it fast. They got their name out there. They got well-suited into the industry and... Well, they're really benefiting from the manufacturing capabilities inside of China. They are really benefiting from all of that manufacturing where Prusa, who has opted to do all of their work at their factory in Prague, is very limited because they don't have all the benefits that come from being in that kind of area of China. They also don't have the benefit of the much more affordable labor, right? I will say, though, we... Just the SMT line at Perusia was freaking awesome. Uh, I, I will I will tell a quick anecdote about that because I think it's very funny that uh, the SMT line was one of the only places that we went where the person that we spoke with requested not to be on camera. 
they were a little apprehensive to talk because they're like, who cares about SMT, right? They're just circuit boards. And then when they realize that I'm actually really passionate about these types of machines and I think they're very cool, we could have spent another two hours talking with this guy. He did stay off camera, but he could have talked with me for many, many more hours. Many, many, many more hours. And it would have been totally fine like absolutely totally fine and it was pretty cool it was cool to see that he, he expected us just to come in and be maybe just like the content creators that want to show it for five minutes and then we're gone but he said i wanted to sit down and talk with him and really get to understand the processes and um you know i think a lot of that is really really cool because i guess they weren't expecting it and they did and by the time we were leaving he was like no you gotta see this you gotta see this it was really cool um it's funny when people don't think that i'm very interested in what they do and yet i am unreasonably interested in pretty much every aspect of manufacturing because i think it is really cool will i be able to get that kind of access to other companies i don't know but i'm gonna ask but yeah i think that the prusa mark IV and the mini are harder buys for the consumer that's why i put them lower on the list as a business though it's a little bit different so let's talk about business Hey, Tars, uh, stop, please. <laughs> um, anyways. Business. Business. <coughs> My list for this is much shorter, by the way. My list for this is much shorter. Much, much shorter. Uh, Jesse Chapman is saying, Prusha Pro. Dude, I would... The things that I saw on Purusha Pro, I don't know how much I can talk about right now because I got to see what they what they force us to edit out, um, which is fine. Again, you know, we're, we're, we're getting unprecedented tours of factories. There will be things that have to be edited out. I'm sorry. This is just how this works. Um, we, I, I'm not going to, I'll get into it later. This is not the video for me to get into that relationship and how that is operating. But it's very normal when you go to companies that, you send them up, up. All right, screw it. I'm going into it. It is very normal when you go to companies that are working on proprietary things that are not made public yet, that you provide them with a copy of your edited video and they make sure that there is nothing in there that doesn't release some sort of, you know, IP that they weren't wanting to release. So they're not going to have any like input on the editing. They will have input on, hey, can you blur this? Hey, there's way too much of the show. And can we just cut this clip? Um, and as long as we get valid reasons for editing or changing something, we will do it. But that's the same with Prusa. It was the same when we went to E3D. It's the same as when we went to a lot of these companies. So that's a very normal thing. There, no one's controlling narratives. But the same way when Zach went to Diamondback and he had to blur a bunch of stuff. It's not companies controlling narratives. It's just business. Okay, now I'm moving on. Also, like the video, 82 here, 43 likes. 
Like the video. But yeah, dude, Jesse, Purusha Pro. Dude, Purusha Pro is so cool. The HT90, that is a massive machine for business. Like, massive, massive, massive machine for business. But it's not out yet. It's not available yet, so I can't put it on my list. I will talk about it at the end, but I can't put it on my list because it's not out yet. You can't, you can't buy one. Uh, so, yeah. Jacob Lord says, it's very common for when large factories do tours, even for some health inspectors, they remove paperwork on pin boards and other aspects in case secrets leak. It was like when we went to Printed Solid and you guys got to see the recipe to make Jesse's elixir and it was X amount of barks. Of course, it's absolutely just multiple barks to make Jesse's elixir. Obviously. It's, there's not a formula that we set on camera that we had to bleep out. And we knew that we had to bleep it out. No, that didn't definitely happen. We were just barking the whole time because Dave and I are both dogs. You know that. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to start at the bottom and work our way up with the SV06 Plus for the business. The business market for the SV06 Plus. It's a damn fine printer for the money. It's... Honestly, it's too good for the money. It's so good for the money. It It is really, really good for the money for a business. Dude, it's... I would say that as a business, you would choose a Mark IV over an SV06 Plus as your first printer and maybe printers that you build out farms for. But for right now... And if you're starting, SV06 is below the Mark IV. If you are running and you need a bigger printer than a Mark IV and you don't want to pay the XL premium, SV06 Plus, I think, really fills that gap in right. It does. To me, it does. Um, and see, for business, while we do like speed, we like reliability. And my SV06 Plus is really reliable. It's really reliable. So, something to keep in mind there. And we call them poverty Prussias for a reason. They're Prussias if you can't afford the Prussia tax. Love them or hate them, that's what Sovel did. And uh, they did a damn fine job doing it. Next up is the Mark IV. The Mark IV is not higher on my list because it's kind of like a Mark III. That can just run faster. Yes, it's got the next router. Yes, the next router is nice. Yes, it is easier because it doesn't have the hot end leaks because it's a single piece nozzle and heat break and all that. But uh, it's small, right? And a lot of people are looking to print bigger and bigger and bigger things. Don't get me wrong. I love my Mark Threes. Love them a lot. My Mark Four. Well, the Mark IVs is only 10 millimeters higher in the Z. That's it. It's the same size otherwise. So it is hard to put it higher on the list. Prusa's support, Prusa's value, all of that means that, yes, the business list is going to be heavy Prusa. Why? Because it's valuable for businesses. There's a lot of value for that. And the Prusa has all of that value and more, in my opinion. 
Russ with the $20. Hey, happy holidays, Russ. You should have a package coming very soon from me. Keep an eye out. Uh... Actually, ha, I can check to see where it is. Let's find out. Your box... Ah, damn, Tuesday. You're getting your box on Tuesday. So keep an eye out for that. You're getting your box on Tuesday. Uh, or at least USPS says Tuesday. Honestly, check Wednesday or Thursday. <laughs> um, and yes, everybody that... One Jesse's elixir. Your filament has gone out, except the one guy that is driving down here to Florida. I replied back to you. I never heard back. But if you do want to get together and you're on my side of the state, I'm happy to hand deliver it to you. If not, I'll ship it back up to you so you can have it. Above the Mark IV is an odd one for me because I didn't think that this would uh, would be here. The Jupiter. I really like the Jupiter. Like, a lot. I've done some really big pieces that I cannot show on camera, NDAs, uh, with my Elegoo Jupiters. They are amazing printers. We have two of them. Um, their bed leveling is terrible. Uh, it It's nice in that you do it once, you never have to do it again. But the way that the bed holds on is just bad. It's fine, it works, but it's just a little cumbersome. I am talking about the OG Jupiter, not the SE, not this new one that they have out. I like the OG Jupiter because it doesn't have a lift-off lid. I need a door for my Jupiters. I cannot lift a lid off of these machines. I won't be able to do it. And as Chris says, shameless plug for the Discord. Join and you too can discover... All of the sticky secrets of Chris's resin. Um, no, uh, Chris Catlett, uh, one of the most amazing guys in resin. Super cool dude. Is always hanging out in our Discord. So yes, plug those links in that description down below. Support at the $10 tier or higher on any of the platforms that we have available. And you'll get access into our private Discord server where... Uh, you all had a cooking stream yesterday. I was I was baking yesterday, and everyone was making jokes like, oh, it's Grant's Bakery. So I said, screw it. I'm going to go mount a phone in my kitchen, and we're going to stream in the Discord for like three hours as I'm baking. Yes, that did happen. And uh, yeah, we, we, we hang out a lot. We hang out a lot there, and it's a great group of people. Love our Discord and Patreon members. You guys are awesome. Daniel Dislantis for the $10 Canadian saying, Ooh, that's French. Um, uh, uh, I'm going to have to say it. Uh, Joyous Festis. Yep. Going to butcher that. Going to, but there, there, there's too many things above the letters. I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, <laughs> Tarzman is asking, but did it turn out good? Tarzman, I guess you're going to have to figure it out. Uh, it just means happy holidays. I can figure that one out, but <coughs> I'm going to butcher the French. There, maybe that. Maybe that's worth the fun right there alone. Look at me. I am turning red because of how bad I know that I absolutely butchered that. So uh, enjoy. <laughs> 
but yeah, I do love my Jupiters. I, I, I think that they're really, really nice machines. Uh, they're, they're right up here. One thing to note, this is a really stupid thing. If your Jupiters are up above you and next to you and there is nothing blocking them, you are going to hurt your eyes like I did. The Jupiters, in for some ungodly reason, Elagu, why did you do this? The UV light source is not fully constrained. It can leak out of the side of the machine. It it doesn't have a uh, it doesn't have a a full cover around it to push the light where it needs to be. So UV light leaks out of the side of the machine. Well, it's sitting right next to me. And that UV light was shining on my face. I'm like, ah, it's not that big of a deal. I'll feel the sunburn before I get any other damage. Fun fact, 495 nanometer does not burn human skin. But you know what it does burn? Your eyes. I had a sunburn on my eyes to the point of where I started wearing my laser safety glasses inside like a cool kid. Because we all know that cool kids wear sunglasses inside. Um, now, it was made aware to me that I could just put something to block the vent... But what's cooler, wearing UV, uh, wearing safety glasses that block out 200 to 2,000 nanometer at a UV, uh, at a UV six plus or UV seven plus, or a piece of paper? I'm just saying. Other thing, definitely have these for when you're curing big parts because curing big parts requires a trash can. You've actually seen this behind me for a while now. That is a trash can full of UV lights. Uh, it's covered in tin foil or a sticky back foil. There's a 10 watt on the top and then there's a bunch of string lights there. And then for when you really need it, I got the 50 watt uh, to give me extra uh, curing power. Um, but yeah, absolutely make sure you, you're wearing safety glasses for that that are rated for that frequency because then it, you don't even notice the light. It's great. It's awesome. Or get a nice large curing station. Well, you know, Chris, not all... Oh, God, I smacked my microphone. Well, you know, Chris, not all of us have nice, cool e-make printers. A lot of us are just kind of figuring it out. I would say the downside to the Jupiter is there isn't a great post-processing system for it just yet. Uh, I use a bucket with denatured alcohol and a trash can with UV lights in it. But... For the price of these machines, they're like 800, 900 bucks. You can easily make your money back fast on them. So something to put out there. From a business perspective, the Jupiter is really nice. I might also look at some smaller printers like the Saturn and the Mars so that you're not running the big freaking Jupiter all the time for tiny pieces. But if you are into resin printing, you will want to do bigger stuff. And when you start looking at printers like the Jupiter... It, it moves away from hobby for me and moves a lot closer into the job aspect. Above the Jupiter is the X-Max 3. That's number two on my list for business, X-Max 3. While I don't have an X-Max 3, it's just a bigger X-Plus 3. And I have had really good success with my X-Plus 3. Ever since updating it, we, we updated it to its latest firmware, which did come from Chidi, so at least they're updating something. Um, it is a really nice printer. Now, I will say I need to learn Clipper because I want to I want to change some configs in it because I really like there are just some really stupid I've talked I talked about the stupid things with uh the consumer side 
but the X Max 3 at about a $900 to $1,000 is a dummy good price. Like, dummy, dummy cheap. And as a business, there is no reason that you should not have at least one of these machines in your shop. Now, the thing that I have a problem with with the X-Series from a business perspective is the availability of spare parts. I don't really see a lot of spare parts. And the nozzles for them, I haven't checked yet. I think they're volcano nozzles. And while they do give you a spare hot end, they give you a copper hot end and they give you a hardened hot end. I just put the hardened one in instantly. There's no point in me running the copper one. I will run carbon fiber all the time. In fact, I ran carbon fiber yesterday. And so I think that, yeah, it comes with a lot of stuff that I would want. Just get some extra Bowden tube, get a USB extension, and that machine becomes a lot easier to deal with, in my opinion. But the X-Max 3 at 900 bucks, cheapest chips, man. That's, if you, if you are buying a printer for a business at 900 bucks that, that, that has that build volume and you can't pay it back in two weeks, you're, you weren't busy enough to buy that printer in the first place. So that's how I look at it. And I feel like this comes as no surprise to anybody, but my top printer for business is the Prusa XL. The Prusa XL is not for the consumer. If it wasn't obvious based on its price, it should be very obvious based on its marketing. It is not designed for consumers. It is designed for prosumers and small business. Now, maybe Prusa feels differently, but from my perspective, that is a machine that is business-focused. People that have liked Prusas, that want a bigger machine, that want multi-material. I have really been enjoying my XL. And now the XLs also come with 0.4 nozzles. I got mine before that happened, so I have 0.6s on mine, but now they're starting to ship XLs with nothing but 0.4s. Um, kind of wish I had 0.4s on mine, to be honest with you, but that's okay. I can go ahead and upgrade it later on. It's no big deal. At 360 millimeter XYZ, it is a monster. It's one of the biggest printers out there for the money. Uh, in fact, prior to the XL, I was running this Fusion 3 F410. Oh, there, you can see the Cheaties running. And that Fusion 3 F410 is $5,000. $5,000 US dollars. And it only has one color. And it's a one meter long Bowden tube for the Bowden on the printer. The XL has five tool heads to do multi-material, real, real multi-material. And it is faster than a bamboo. It may not print faster than a bamboo, but what it does do faster is multicolor because it doesn't have to go through the cutting and the pooping cycle. It just literally parks the tool head, grabs the next tool head, does its purge to make sure that it's primed, and then it goes to print. It is much faster than any other multicolor printer that I have on the market, period. But the value to a business is not generally multicolor. It is multi-material. Having PETG with PLA supports, vice versa, adding TPU hinges into things, all of that is value that you don't get with other machines easily. And while, yes, you could tune your AMS to have enough purge that it works, it is not a viable source, in my opinion, to do this. 
it makes way more sense to me, this is me, to have multi-material with a tool changer. And I think Prusha really hit the nail on the head. A little late. <coughs> like, if you order one right now, you're not getting it for the better part of six months. Minimum. And that kind of sucks. I waited almost two years. Almost two years I waited for my XL. And would I wait another two years for an XL? No, I wouldn't. Could I wait it six months? I could wait six months. Those machines are nice. I really, really like my XL. I've done, I actually just did some multicolor prints. And if Amber's listening, she should bring me a multi-material print. Or the two multi-material prints that I did last night. But I really, really like my XL. I haven't seen any of the issues that other people are claiming. The, uh, the issues with the tool heads not aligning. I think that just comes down to their assembly process that they didn't tighten down the tool head uh the tool head mount all that well but you know there's that i i am a little uh, upset's not the right word i guess i'm worried that only having a single bolt to mount the tool head mount is a bit of a pain in the butt and does result in a pretty obvious point of failure i don't know if prusha will ever update it because it, it works. Like, I you tighten the crap out of it. It works. But it's just not, it's not the ideal thing. You know? So, then looking at why the XL. It's flexibility. It's expensive. But as businesses... The price of the machine has less of a concern to me than the value that it can bring to my business. I care about value. I don't care a whole lot about the initial upfront cost because we can make that money back. We care about the value that the machine provides. And I believe that the value of the XL is one of the greatest value machines out there. And you might say, Grant, where's Bamboo on your business list? And hey, Bamboo themselves told me that Bamboo is not for business. So they ain't on my list. And with that regard, I'm not going to get into the data stuff because I'm not jumping on a live hand grenade. I'm not going to do it. But um, ultimately... I think if you're in a business, you're dealing with intellectual property that you want to be secure, a printer that can stay and can be air-gapped, remain air-gapped, and be able to be uploaded air-gapped is, uh, is a nice thing. Thank you, Amber. These are multi-material parts. The purple, which will turn pink as I'm holding it, is PLA, and the blue... It's PETG. This is uh, some Atomic PETG, my nice stuff. But uh, rolls perfect because they can't stick together. Um, but yeah, there you go. There's your multi-material. So PETG with PLA in the middle. And then Amber really likes Stitch, so I did a Stitch for her as well. Um, we are attempting to figure out why I'm having some warping issues. So we'll see. It looks like it's somewhat 
dealt with? Maybe not, but we did turn up the bed temps. Like Ben from the Discord said, like some of everybody else has said in the comments as well. So, uh, yeah. C-Build says, that's a neat application. Uh, something about the gaps between the parts reduced. Oh, were the gaps in the parts reduced? I don't know. This is from Prusa, so this is a Prusa file. It looks like there are still some gaps, but I did nothing. I pulled this off the printer and it just worked. Um... Is this a very practical use case? No, but I tell you that there are pretty much no other printers on the market that can do it this clean and have, uh, I still have the file open. Let me see how much purge I had. Let's find out. So between these two pieces, there is how much waste? Where am I just, am I an idiot? Am I just missing the waste? 218 tool changes. Am I, am I miss? Hold on. Let me see if I go into color. No, it's 4.55 meters of filament uh, used in the wipe tower. I don't, I, I'm likely just missing something, but I, I don't see how much of that is waste. It's very, very little waste. 218 tool changes, which is pretty sweet. And uh, let's see if it'll focus. Focus on my hand, please. Focus on my hand. Focus on my damn hand. Please. Whatever. It's perfect. Um, there are no issues with the tools misaligning. Everything looks perfect. The layers are beautiful. And you have to remember, it's a 0.6. It's a 0.6. So, yeah. Ram Online says, what can I do if one ABS crimps harder than the... I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm sorry. I, I, I wish I understood more. Uh, but yeah, it's like two bamboo poops worth of filament was wasted here. Um, and that's it. Oh, shrinks. Oh, okay. If one shrinks more than the other, you know, I don't really know. You will have to check to see your ABS shrink rates, but if you do have ABS that's shrinking more than others, you will just have to account for it in your files. Um, yeah, I really like my XL. I am barely scratching the surface for what it can do from the business perspective. So yeah, it's interesting. So in my business list, it's a smaller list. Cause I think that there's a lot of similarities. We've got the SV 6 plus the Mark four, the Jupiter, the X max three and topping it all off the Prusa XL. I think I provided sufficient evidence for all of my, uh, you know, reasonings behind putting machines where I put them. I don't know if anybody has any specific questions about machines or machines that you think I missed. Uh, and Ram Online, DM me, dude. We'll, we'll, we'll work on it either over DM or we can work on it in the Discord. But, uh, do y'all think that I, that I've missed any machines? Have I missed any machines that, uh, that, that, that you think I've missed? I don't, I don't know. I don't think I've missed anything. I'm fairly certain that I've gotten a lot of the big machines come out this year. 
that I think are business oriented, that are personal oriented. Chris Catlett is saying that Piopoli Magneto X will be one to watch. I absolutely agree. Obviously, it's not out yet, so it's not on this list. Um, but yeah, the Magneto X is like a front runner for 2024 for me. Um, yeah. I don't see anybody else asking questions, so I think we're going to call it. Solid 90. Enjoy your holidays. I know a lot of you have off work tomorrow, so enjoy. And if you're not already hanging out with family and you're not going to be going to see family, make sure you give them a call because it's the holiday season and, you know, they probably want to hear from you. Uh, Dio Diometis says, uh, please share the table. I don't know if I'm going to do that because uh, I think that that will have people just check the description. Oh, you know what? I'll share it right here. I will share it right here in i'll share it in the chat i'll share it in the chat so you can have it oh shit oh god it, it's not it's not gonna sh it's not gonna share it properly uh, uh all right uh let me type all mm -hmm. let me do this is so this is the consumer list it's probably just gonna have them be right next to each other Yep, it did. And here's the business list. These are my direct notes. So, you know, you can see exactly what my notes look like for this video. But, uh, that's what I got. Sorry. Uh, there's not great, uh, formatting on this. So, my apologies. Happy holidays to everybody. Please be safe out there. If you're traveling, wear your seatbelt. Watch out for drunk drivers. That's all I have for you all today. Stay safe out there. Don't forget to call your loved ones. And as always, keep making awesome. Happy holidays.